Welcome back in. Brady Farkas show here on this Wednesday on WDEV AM and FM and WDEVradio.com. Always excited to bring on our next guest every single Wednesday, Freddie Coleman, ESPN Radio, Freddie and Fitzsimmons host. Freddie, how are you? I'm good, brother Brady. How's everything with you? A lot of things are good. Let me ask you about this story, which I've been talking about today. Country music star Eric Church has canceled his Saturday night show in San Antonio to watch the UNC Duke game. How does that land with you? It lands properly because that's your school that you're going to support in the Final Four from that standpoint. It's the last chance for Coach Mike Krzyzewski having a chance to be a part of college basketball and being the face of college basketball. And, yeah, you feel bad for the fans who bought those tickets. But Eric Church is so good. There are plenty of people that are willing to wait for him to be in concert again. So you got to see him a little bit later on in the summer where the barbecue is out. you got the beer flowing and the sunshine is out. I get it, but, you know, if I'm Eric Church, you don't get too many opportunities to see something like this, a happening event that's the last time. So uh, it lands pretty well with me, to be honest with you. I think he's watching it on television. It's not like he's going to the game. Why can't he just watch the game later? Nah. why You want, you want to be able to have a whole day of getting prepared and being a part of that this way. You're not trying to serve two masters in <laughs> this situation because I want somebody that they're performing a concert I want to make sure that they're getting my full attention because I want to get their full attention. And his full attention is not going to be there serving the audience that wants to see him play and put out great music. So I clearly understand the whole biblical theory. If you serve two masters, then you can't serve one properly. And I'm paraphrasing, of course. I think he's doing the right thing because he knows his focus is not going to be where it should be no matter what decision he was going to make trying to serve two things. Well, let's move to college basketball more locally here as it relates to UVM. Let's move to college sports. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. It was made official yesterday. Bryant University out of the Northeast Conference, they are coming to the America East. They're going to become UVM's new rival in several sports. You've seen Bryant firsthand. Rumor has it they have a lot of resources, a good young head coach in men's basketball, and Jared Grasso you've talked about. I'm warming up to this idea. What do you think of Bryant in the America East? Well, more than ever before, and it continues to be the case, Brady, people are going to look out for what's in their best interest. And if it's in Bryant's best interest to move from the Northeast Conference to the America East and all sports of football, and if football they're going to be in the Big South, then that's what they're looking out for. And there's no doubt they've improved their facilities, and not just with basketball, although I still need to think to upgrade the gym just a little bit more. But their football field, they're doing those kind of things with athletics programs. That baseball team has really been terrific the last four or five years in the Northeast Conference. So I clearly understand why you're making this move. And they say they're making this move from a travel standpoint, the lesson travel. I'm still trying to figure that out because it's just as long to go to Vermont and Albany as it would be to Connecticut or playing Merrimack or going down to Long Island to play LIU. But from a football standpoint, that's going to be very interesting because they're going to be the northernmost member in their conference. So there's going to be a lot of long road trips they're going to have to make, and I guarantee you that's going to cost some money no matter how much money Brian may have in the conference of the athletic department. All right, let's get to the Patriots. Um, Yesterday, Robert Kraft, Bill Belichick speaking at the owners' meetings. I do not believe that Bill Belichick was put on the hot seat yesterday. However, I do believe that Bill Belichick was put on notice. Robert Kraft made a point about how they haven't won a playoff game in three years, and he expects them to contend in the AFC as current, you know, as soon as this year. Did you take it the way I did, that Robert Kraft is putting Bill Belichick on notice? Oh, there's no doubt about that, but not just Bill Belichick, but also that Patriots organization, not just the coaching staff, but the players 
and everybody else. But I also wonder this, Brady. If Tom Brady decided to stay retired, if Robert Kraft would have said that, because Robert Kraft clearly sees that Tom Brady being back with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, yeah. they're still an instant contender to be a Super Bowl champion to get to the Super Bowl. And the last thing you want to have to deal with is that Tom Brady has won two championships without being part of the Patriots, and you're still ringless as an organization when it comes to that. So I wonder if Robert Kraft would have been as demonstrative with that statement, putting people on notice, if Tom Brady decided to be a part of PTA meetings taking out the garbage, <laughs> being at home for dinner with the family. I've, I've wondered that. That's the first thing I thought of when he put that statement out. I said if Tom Brady had stayed retired and not decided to come back for one more go round, at least one more year with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, if Robert Kraft would have been that public and that demonstrative statement about this, saying, I'm sick of this, even though it has not been that long for that organization, but that's too long for him being a championship-less team when it comes to the Patriots. The mantra is always, in Bill we trust. And Robert Kraft is singing that song too. But do you think he really believes it, or do you think that Robert Kraft doubts where things are at right now? I don't believe so. I don't I don't have that. I didn't get that kind of feeling from Robert Kraft in terms of doubting because he still has a team with terrific players. But I also think he looks at the landscape of what the AFC has been able to do. The Kansas City Chiefs, they're still terrific. Cincinnati made the Super Bowl last year. The whole AFC West division is going to be a bloodbath. What the Colts were able to do, bringing in Matt Ryan to be their quarterback. Tennessee was the number one seat last year in the AFC. So I think he looks at the landscape of the AFC, and he wants the team to understand that there should be a sense of urgency, that we can't just rely on what we did for the past 22 years and think it's going to be okay. I firmly believe that's where that statement came from. Freddie, do you think that if it came down to it that Robert Kraft would ever fire Bill Belichick? He would have to have three losing seasons in a row, and it's trending downward for the Patriots. That would be the only way I think that Robert Kraft would even consider something like that, and I firmly believe that's not going to happen with this Patriots organization. But if you're Robert Kraft and you used to see return on investment, meaning a team that's not just in the playoffs, but a team that's contending in the AFC to get out of the AFC and get to the Super Bowl, if he starts to see that that's going to be a flatline situation, that he might consider it. But there's been a lot of trust and equity that's been built up between those two, especially Robert Kraft. You were able to have a guy you lucked out in Bill Belichick leaving, being the HC of the NYJ back in the late 1990s. And look at the kind of run the page have been on ever since. So it would have to be along the lines of losing season after losing season after losing season, and you're not trending in the right direction for him to even think about that, Bill Belichick. Freddie Coleman, ESPN Radio. Freddie and Fitzsimmons, 9 o'clock weeknights, ESPN Radio again. And uh, he's, Freddie's with us now on WDEV AM and FM and WDEVradio.com. Let's move to the Celtics. Robert Williams, four to six weeks it looks like with that torn meniscus. It seems like best-case scenario for the Seas at this point. But uh, what's your read on how they can weather the storm as they move into the playoffs, at least the first round, without RW3? It's not going to be easy no matter what round they play in whenever he gets back to the Boston Celtics. And a lot of people talked about how significant of an injury is this, and here's how significant it is. He's the third most important player in the Boston Celtics behind Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown because he is one of the few rim protectors that we have in the NBA, and he's an athletic rim protector where he can keep the ball from going in the basket. you got to worry about him on the defensive end for the Boston Celtics. But he's been such a great screen and roll guy, getting those front rim runs and getting offensive rebounds and stick backs and those put-back kind of chances. When you have a guy like that, a new-age big man, that is athletic but can play in an old-school way, you're going to feel that effect. 
which means that all of a sudden the defensive coverages have to change for the Celtics. They used to be able to pressure basketball out front because Brady, they knew that if a guy got past them, they had that aircraft carried behind everybody in Robert Williams. Now you don't have that. You can't put that on Al Horford. You can't put that on Grant, Grant Williams. And you also can't put that on, on Tice. So now collectively as a team, you really have to be better defensively guarding the basket in terms of keeping the ball from getting into the lane in those paint touched by opposing guards or opposing wings in the NBA. That's how significant this injury is. They're hoping to stem the tide and hope that he's back by the second round if they get there. And even if they do get there, Brady, he's still going to be rusty, and it's going to take a little bit of time for him yeah. to get back to the speed of the game when it comes to physical speed or mental speed. We don't know where everyone's going to finish. Celtics play the Heat today in a huge game at 7.30. That game's going to be televised on ESPN. But how much do you fear Brooklyn if, we, if the Celtics see them in the first round? You should fear anybody as Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving yeah. on your basketball team. But I will say this, Brady. I know that Kevin Durant will raise the level of the guys. We have not seen Kyrie Irving do that. And for the first time, Kyrie Irving's on a basketball team with a guy that he respects, but he better realize that the ball has to go through Kevin Durant. He never really respected LeBron James. We clearly understood that, and we saw that in Cleveland. He never really respected Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, because he knew that they were not on his level in terms of player, and he wanted to be a leader, and guys pushed push back against that. But now he has a guy, Kevin Durant, that I've seen elevate guys' level at both ends of the floor. We have yet to see that with Kyrie Irving. We've seen him Brady elevate his level because he's a gifted bucket getter. There's no doubt about that. But name the last time that Kyrie Irving has elevated his basketball team. You can't name that because it's never happened. It never happened in a short time at Duke. It never happened with Cleveland. It never happened with Boston. You think about it, it has not happened with the Brooklyn Nets. So even though you fear that basketball team, I fear Kevin Durant more than I fear Kyrie Irving because Kyrie Irving is going to get his. But other guys are not going to be able to get theirs, and he's going to give a lot of points in the defensive end. That's a team that I'm the Boston Celtics thinking. If we play our game, no matter how great those two are, we got enough here we can offset that because we're a total team more than the Brooklyn Nets are. Freddie Coleman, ESPN Radio, Freddie and Fitzsimmons, 9 o'clock weeknights. Freddie, you're always the best. Appreciate you. We'll talk to you next week. Sounds good, Brady. Can't wait to chop it up in seven days with you.